0: This is Karen with NewClevelandRadio.net, and it is time for What in the World with Paul Seaburn and his sidekick, John Donalo and it is our last show of 2023 because New Cleveland Radio is going on break. How do you like That's that? right. Absolutely. Wow.
1: So well deserved break, I, I should say.
2: Yes, I, I, I concur. A well deserved yeah. break for all of us. Well, <laughs> of all of us.
1: That's right. That's right. So, uh, are you done, Karen? You
0: show- <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, missed, I missed rehearsal. I didn't know if there was something that was going well,
0: on. Hurt, <laughs> well, you know, this show is being sponsored by, um, oh. yes, I can, Coaching with Karen. And that's, right. that's a great time to contact me and we can talk about coaching and not yeah. coaching for the Browns so sorry oh. <laughs> I don't do sports
1: <laughs> that's right that's right we have somebody who does sports here and it's not me because I'm Paul Sieber the uh, host of New Cleveland no no the host of what in the world there we go we're oh, confused today one of these days we need to have a rehearsal I know <laughs> what in the world everybody's favorite new, weird news show real news sometimes strange always funny that's our motto I am the head writer and editor at, uh, uh, wow, mysteriousuniverse.org. I think the cold weather has frozen my brain here. You can can find all these, uh, many, many similar stories about more about paranormal and Bigfoot and ghosts and all that good stuff over there. On What in the World, we talk about the weird news of the day, stuff you don't see on the mainstream media, on... um, the, the regular news on Facebook. You don't see any of that stuff unless you go to my Facebook page and then you will. Um, <laughs> so we got, a, we got a load of stuff to talk about. But first, let me introduce everybody else that's in your ear. The first voice was Karen Hale, as she said, the uh, media mogul at Radio.net, our the head of our sponsor and that is Yes, I Can uh, Coaching with Karen. Great coaching um, program that she has there. Uh, she also has a great... Um, uh, podcast platform please go visit them there's all kind of great podcasts for you but first of course listen to uh to us what in the world um we're on youtube so you can take a look at all the great photos we have you can see what we look like if you don't like that just listen to us um and speaking of listening to us well, he's been waiting patiently down on the screen somewhere over here is john Denala, my old buddy the host of new Cleveland. Oh, no. <laughs> what in the world? Paul, take, it easy. Paul, take it easy. Take it easy. I know. Away. I got to slow, I'm going to take a drink of water here while John says hello to everybody.
2: Yes. Hello everyone. Uh, Karen and Paul and uh, all of and our our uh, wonderful audience. Uh, as you can see, I'm decked out in Browns, Cleveland Browns gear. Uh, the Cleveland Browns have won their last three home games in exciting fashion. Uh, Joe Flacco has uh, energized the city and wow. uh, we're looking good for the playoffs, everybody. So go Browns.
1: Wait, don't, drink go us, Browns. don't drink us Don't on there, John. Yeah. Joe Flacco could run for mayor today and win if he were. I think uh, he would
0: oh, absolutely. He, would. he could run for president and win, you know? yeah, right,
1: uh, Maybe, maybe. I don't know about that, but definitely mayor, maybe even governor. He'd be, a, he'd probably be good at that. Uh, but anyways, okay. So we've got some more sports coming up on later on in the show from John uh, in his segment, right now we've got uh, of all kind of weird news. Um, uh, as I mentioned, uh, or maybe I didn't mention, but I'll mention again. Uh, if you can uh, find me on Facebook, and you can find, um, uh, I test out a lot of the stories during the week. So some of these uh, you may have seen on Facebook. On the podcast, we go into much greater depth and analysis, and and we really dig for the comedy in in all of these stories. So. Uh, and, and speaking of digging for this for the the stories here's some of the stories we've got um christmas tree warning this is this is the holiday season i've got some christmas tree warnings for 2023 even if you've already put your tree up you need to watch out for these things um the wrong christmas songs are saying that's another one um especially while you're driving yeah um Some last-minute holiday gifts. If you haven't bought a gift for your spouse or your girlfriend or boyfriend or or your kids, uh, these aren't really kids' gifts, but uh, we will be talking about that. An unusual bar in Japan where everybody leaves red-faced. And we're going to find out why they have a red face, and it's not because of too much to drink. A tattoo parlor in Florida, that, uh, a tattoo on a person in Florida that looks better at 4 a.m. in the morning it does in for at 4 p.m we'll find out why that is interesting wow, that was interesting. <laughs> yeah john if you're looking to get a tattoo this might be no, really i don't great. think so paul but i, I so,
2: just... <laughs> <laughs> they,
1: they lost some food on the international space station and just found it so we're going to be talking about that plus some more odd news i've got some world records and john's got a great sport for us today so let's get right to it with our first story as i said it's our last show of the year our holiday show so uh for to all of our regular christ uh regular listeners uh merry christmas happy new year happy hanukkah happy uh kwanzaa whatever whatever you're celebrating i know there's we have we have listeners from around the world so i know there's holidays i'm missing in that list and i'm i'm not i'm not uh trying to leave you out you know please celebrate with us i'm wearing my uh, my alien christmas shirt oh yeah
2: sure of course (laughs) wonderful
1: Very good, Paul. Very good. I'll be celebrating Alien Christmas. I John knows I have a Bigfoot uh ornament on my uh hidden yes, you my Christmas tree. <laughs> proudly
2: displayed, I
1: may offer. Proudly displayed. <laughs> That's right. Proud, yeah, somewhat proudly. Somewhat displayed, maybe I should say. Proudly, but not necessarily <laughs> displayed. Okay. So so speaking of John, our, our regular listeners um, know that John and I are fraternity brothers. We we uh we met Oh, a long time ago, I won't say how many years ago when we were in college, we became fraternity buddies. We've been friends ever since. When we were in college, we went to a lot of bars together. Uh, some that we remember, some that we don't. Uh, and we did some things that that should have gotten our face slapped. Uh, or maybe maybe I did some things that should have gotten our face slapped. John, take every weekend that, Paul. I, if I'm not too, if I, I would probably not to be too far behind. Anyway, there you go, me. there you go. Okay, I'm glad you finally admit that, John. This is true confessions on what in the it world it is.
2: It is. is. We're, we're we're coming <laughs> clean after all these years.
1: Nonetheless, there is a there's a bar in Japan where guys go in to the bar expecting to get their faces slapped. They they are looking for. In fact. Um, it's not hooters okay number one it's it's not hooters it's a real bar um it's called the sachihoko bar in nagoya i don't know where that is somewhere in japan uh it not only allows the female staff to slap their patrons uh but the customers actually pay for the privilege of getting slapped yeah i know i have that same reaction yeah let's take a look i've got some photos of these uh these people getting slapped there we go let's see if i've got the first one here i don't remember how many i have there uh okay so here she is this this is the bartender or maybe a member of the wait staff really slapping the heck out of the face of one of her customers i saw the video of this and um, there's a couple of videos if you if you look up face slapping in japan uh, this i think this particular one slapped once there's a couple that were slapping back and forth back and forth it was unbelievable how many times they slapped their customer um, to me i think it's because they eat too much sushi if sushi's bad for you raw fish you know it's affecting their brains that that's what i <laughs> uh, believe it or not this bizarre service is said to have revitalized the uh, the business of the bar the bar that, uh, that that they're doing it i think here's another one right here uh so um the um they they said that uh, since they've been doing it they've had more and more customers uh the, the word is on the internet they're getting tourists coming in asking for the privilege to pay to have their faces slapped even before they start drinking um uh, the uh, it'll be a strange story paul <laughs> i know i know it, it gets better john so they 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 pay a hundred yen when, when they first starting it they paid 100 yen per slap 100 yen is 90 cents 90 cents to get your face and in in the united states if you left line 90 cents on the bar as a tip for the bartender that would get your face slap yeah but you know they're paying they're, they're not, they haven't even ordered anything yet and they're paying it's been so popular They've raised the price now to 500 yen, which is $4.50 a slap. And as I said, if you look this up, they, you'll see them whacking the heck back and forth, back and forth. This guy's running up a tab of nothing but face slaps.
0: <laughs> wow. So as long as you charge for it, it's okay to slap somebody.
1: Well, to, to make money. The um, Why else would you charge for it?
0: No, I'm saying if you oh. charge for it. So if I decided to charge you and you paid oh. for it, I could slap you.
1: Uh, that's true. That's okay. True. That's true. And also a bad idea. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> so believe it or not, though, Karen, now that you brought it up, both men and women at this bar pay to get their faces slapped. Wow. So it's not just the, the weird men living in Japan, it's also the weird women wow. that live. Pant. And this this girl, I like this picture here because this was obviously back from oh, back from COVID maybe. But uh, it, the the waitress has her face mask on and she's slapping the face of the guy. So maybe she's afraid he's going to spit in her face while he's getting slapped <laughs> or something. I don't know. it uh, so, anyways, here's the reason why they do it. He said, the harder the female slap the more excited the patron becomes not only are they not angry but they appeared to feel more relaxed after getting hit they would even thank the staff members who smacked them direct quote by the owner which reminds me of the paddling scene in animal house where the the the, the pledges the guy oh, yeah, trying, uh-huh. yeah trying, <laughs> this this is right up our alley they would bend over and get that get their rear ends uh whacked with a paddle and then say thank you sir may i have another Um uh, I don't think they were enjoying it as much as this guy claims to be, but um, definitely something that we can relate to.
0: I think we okay. tried right on my husband when he comes home tonight.
1: Oh, there you go. Yeah, 90 cents. He's got 90. Yeah. cents. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure you have a dime. He might have a dollar and he'll want change. Yeah, so. that's true. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So here, here we go. So th- this one comes from the space station. You know, we always talk about not only are we. All over the world, we're all over the universe. So our story, where our stories come from. This one comes from the space station. NASA is celebrating the 25th anniversary of the opening of the International Space Station. 25 years ago, it th- time flies, uh, obviously. So they they uh, treated the astronauts to a phone call. I think I have a photo of the. Uh, oh, there's the International Space Station right there. They treated the astronauts to a phone call from the astronaut who was piloting the space station that pushed the last pieces together, the the, the American side and the Russian side, so that they could, um, uh, you know, unite it and open up the space station to to be used. Uh, He was telling them that before he did that, the last thing he had to do was he had to put a wax ring in between the the American and the Russian side. You know, like when you install a toilet, and they wondered why and then he said, "Well, have you looked at the Russian module?" And they said, "Oh yeah, never mind." So uh, <laughs> he also mentioned that he also mentioned that there were a few parts left over, so they must have got the last module at IKEA and were you know in a, in a hurry to put it together.
0: Absolutely he,
1: uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> so the uh, um, so also another story from the International Space Station. this comes from an astronaut who is currently, No, he just left. He was up there. So he missed this big event. But while he was there, he was growing tomatoes. uh, After that, Frank Rubio from the United States. I think I have a photo of him. Oh, no, I don't. (laughs) So so Frank Rubio was growing tomatoes on the space station these little tiny cherry tomatoes that, that everybody, you know, you see in, in salads. So that, that's all the room they had to grow up there. So he ended up with like seven or eight of them, which was what, exactly one per crew member. So he's part, parceling them out very carefully, and he had stage one for himself. When they're all done, he goes to get his, and he can't find it. So he's accusing the other astronauts and cosmonauts of stealing his tomato. They're oh. saying, Oh no, you just you you probably eight years beforehand. So you could get another one and, and screw one of us out of it. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So they they argued about it. Yeah. So he got mad. So yeah, he spent eight months looking for the tomato because he was so upset about it. He knew he put it in a baggie. He knew it was a, it was in the space station somewhere, and it's huge, you know, it's like a like a a, a house. I never did find it. So he went back to Earth. They finally found it this week. And um uh, they said, um, um, oh, so so they, it turned out he wasn't lying. They found it. and uh, you know what happens when, when you're when you're uh, up in space and and you can go off and and do whatever you want and get infected and all the kind of like that movie The Alien. This is what the tomato looks like now. There you go. Now I've got my oh video. my
0: goodness <laughs> the
1: ferocious tomato. I never yeah, yeah. the tomato that they ate Cleveland. The um so so anyways no it actually it's just a shriveled up tomato. Um the um uh, so they so the American astronaut the way after they found it they gave it to the Russian astronaut and told them that it was beef jerky and they <laughs> ate it. <you> know, <laughs> <laughs> oh you
2: know, they're misleading them. They're misleading. Yeah. them.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, it's they have fun up there. They have fun up there on the on the space station. Okay, well, let's move on to the holiday portion of the show. So, there's our warnings for um, for those of you who are um, uh, celebrating the the Christmas uh, holiday. John, do you have your tree up by the way? I, I
2: forgot. To... Oh, as a matter of fact, it's an excellent tree. Um, we, my wife and I, uh, you know, spent uh, you know a couple hours. You know, going to a few places, and we selected a tree that's doing very well right now. And uh, I get to kind of pat ourselves on the back. I think it looks
1: really good. Well, you okay? You better look in there. Very good, better because. And that uh, I know that's terrible English. (laughs) But a woman (laughs) in Texas um, said she was shocked when she saw something moving in her Christmas tree that she had put up and decorated ten days ago, ten days before. And she discovered there was a live possum in her Christmas tree. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Look at that. A live possum hiding in her Christmas tree. Um, So she called animal control and they said, um, well, we can't come out to help you. You might as well do it yourself. Put on some gloves and take it out yourself and and let it run around outside. So um, she goes... (laughs) She goes to get the gloves and, and goes to, to, to get the possum out. And in the meantime, her young son, her young son ran out the door, ran to the mall, grabbed the first Santa Claus he found. And he <laughs> said, yeah, he says, Santa, here's what I want. I want an official Red Rider carbon action, 200 shot range model, air possum rifle right away. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who don't recognize that, that's from, uh, what is that from? A Christmas story. Christmas yeah. story. Christmas story, right? Oh, yeah. Just a story of uh, filmed in Cleveland, Ohio. The, nice the,
2: segue, Paul. Nice segue there. Very good. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. By the way, so so the lady was saying she lost the possum for a while, and then she heard a sneeze in this tree, <laughs> and and that that led her to the uh, to the possum. So uh, I I would have looked up at the top. You know, with the um, um, you know, if I heard something sneezing in the tree, I would have looked up at the top to see if the angel was doing a line of coke.
0: Yeah, um, something like that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know those angels. So um, so she found the possum, and then she goes to grab it, and it runs out of the tree. So now she's chasing it all around her house. She it took her a half an hour to finally um catch the possum. So so in case you're wondering how how you get a possum inside your house, this was Texas. She called Uber Eats. And uh, you know, yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, what a possum I think is the, the the location of the fast food place that delivers them. Uh, so, <laughs> and animal control. And I can't believe this. The animal control told her to catch it herself. Animal control in Texas is like Home Depot. You know, everything is do it yourself. Oh you know, God. come on, <laughs> and buy some gloves and go home. And, and oh, here's yeah, a, here's okay. a, here's some. Uh, a, a, instructions on how to do it or you can take one of our classes you know home, home <laughs> There's all those classes well,
2: there's a will there's a
1: way that's right john I, I i know you would have caught it or at least annette would have caught it You well, would have been yeah tearing. probably annette yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then here's how she describes it and this is this looks like a small possum she says that that she chased it around the house and then she said i had to tackle him like an nfl football player now wow. again yeah this is in houston so she was obviously referring to a member of the Browns, not a member of the texans uh, because (laughs) they they didn't do much tackling last weekend if i remember correctly Uh, so she released it back into the wild so i got in contact with some possums i know down in texas and and i wanted to know what he how he was doing and they said he ran back into the woods he found all of his buddies um and he told them that that uh, the story of how he stole a house from these humans that lived in it. And he <laughs> held them as prisoner for 10 days until he decided that they had been punished enough. And he gave them their house back. But not before he went through all their trash to see if they had anything, any good food in there. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's quite and, a story you, you got there, Paul. You know, uh, no, t-
0: Tree, it doesn't right. look, it looks like it's a artificial tree.
1: It does look artificial. So, so that's how the did
0: update. the possum get into the artificial tree?
1: She called uber possum. That's oh, the,
0: that's right. I, oh, know. Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. I have no idea. They they didn't get into that in any of the articles that I read doing this, the extensive research I do for this story. <laughs> so anyway, if there, I mean, if there's an update, check out the possum in the tree in Texas and you might find one. Okay. Okay.
0: Hey,
1: thanks for now, the answer. Yeah. If you thought getting a possum in your tree was bad, um, here's another story. A woman in Kentucky was shocked, absolutely shocked when she looks in her tree and she found a baby owl in her tree four days, four days after she put it up. Here's a photo. I think I've got a photo. here. There's the baby owl in her
0: tree four
1: days and she she now it doesn't look decorated she claims that that uh, she had already decorated it maybe there's some lights on it i think there are some lights in there yeah the
0: lights on it yeah yeah
1: how could she decorate the tree and and not see a baby owl hiding in there unless it was hiding in the bathroom or something waiting for her to fit really wow Uh, yeah so her uncle her uncle uncle horton said i told you i heard something in that tree uh, that's a <laughs> that's a joke for everybody who ever read Dr. Seuss. Horton hears a who. <laughs> I, I had, I that. I, you brought I, it back I, to I,
2: memory, Paul. Yeah, for, I had forgotten that. Wow. Yeah,
1: my lovely cousin Elaine. She doesn't. She doesn't. um She doesn't uh, uh, like too many of my jokes, but she actually. Uh, when I put that one on <laughs> Facebook, and she actually liked that one. She turned me so when back in our younger days, when we were kids, she turned me on to Dr. Seuss. So okay. Uh, yeah. So, anyways, yeah, I was in the tree for four days. Four days. Wow. Um, I think they knew it was there. Yeah, but but they were waiting until all the mice were gone. Um, you know, <laughs> but I, I, why they would have mice, I don't know. Kentucky, I guess. How did they see it? You know how they actually saw it? Finally, it was up on the top of the tree, trying to mate with the angel.
2: Oh. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. I know. Whoa. Yeah.
2: What kind of what kind of Christmas story is that? <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying
1: It's a it's a Mormon Christmas story. I don't know. <laughs> that's a plausible explanation, Paul. That's I, I, I have no idea. It's those the snake handlers. I think that's I don't know, John. I, I, yeah, <laughs> don't yeah, don't get all bent on a sheep on this Don't hey, okay. go I mean, throwing us good. off the track here, John. The Sounds idea. like you
0: guys have been drinking. <laughs> Too much eggnog. Too much eggnog.
1: So, <laughs> so they called <laughs> they called animal control and they told them the same thing you got to get it out yourself so she did the same thing she got some gloves and she grabbed the owl very carefully and took it outside and let it go
2: uh, that's a good story then. that's good
1: yeah that was, and the, <laughs> the owl went flying away looking for Harry Potter I guess that was <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> um,
1: Harry Potter celebrate Christmas with Harry Potter. Well, how are we doing here on time? Boy, I got to watch it here. Okay, this is another animal story. So uh, this comes from Miami, Miami, Florida. So some paintings made by rescued chimpanzees in a sanctuary in Miami. The paintings are now on sale at an exhibition and some of them are expected to go for $10,000 or more. Here's a photo I have of... uh, there's a chimpanzee, one of the chimpanzees at this sanctuary painting, and on the left is what is, is the end result. That kind of painting is selling for $10,000. In a related story, hundreds of students at the University of Miami have recently changed their majors from art to primatology. Uh, <laughs> I'm mean, not going to you're not going to sell your, your your painting when you're a freshman in college for ten thousand dollars. But no let let a yeah. monkey do it. Uh, I think I have another one here. Speaking of monkeys, oh yeah, there you go. There's Aww. another monkey there with another photo. Yeah. So you know, I painted my bedroom once, and and the lovely Donna said it looked like a monkey did it. But I should have saved it. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> I could <can> sell it. <laughs> uh. Wasn't intentional. So zoos used to do this all the time. I think I guess they still do. They they put you know boards and paint with with in the, in the uh, cages with the animals or in the display and let them paint and sell them. Um, now they just give the monkeys cell phones and let them talk all day. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now John, now the reason why I like this story, John is an art lover. John is John art history lover, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. correct. Yeah. So I've got some paintings here. I want you to to tell me if these paintings were painted by a monkey or an artist, okay? Okay. Ready? Okay. So here's the first one. This is the reason why those of you listening, you need to tune in on on YouTube because you can see these paintings. So here's the first painting, John. What do you think? Artist or monkey? I'm going to say a monkey. Monkey, correct. Okay. Here's another one. Artist or monkey?
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's got, I mean... (laughs) I think that's self explanatory. I won't even
1: give it. <laughs> We're looking at a photo here that is uh, of a painting that is called Monkey Lisa because it's the Mona Lisa with a chimpanzee face. <laughs> so here. I, yeah, there you go. Let's see. Yeah. Do I have another one here? Oh, there's one more monkey or, or person. <laughs> you, gotta,
2: you gotta go with the flow. It's gotta be
1: the monkey on this one, too. The, the monkey, yeah, the monkey obviously did. This is a American Gothic. Uh, you know, the famous photo of the farmer and his wife with monkey heads on them. By the way, the uh, I read a story about that, the, the original painting of that once. And and uh, they I think they were related to the painter. They were friends of his. And they ended up doing other paintings for him, by the by way. The, John probably knows, but we're out of time here. So otherwise, I'd ask John to explain it. Okay.
2: okay. <laughs> no, that's, yeah.
1: Another Christmas story here, because I know you love the Christmas story. So this one has to do with Christmas music. Um, I talked about this on Facebook. A new study found that songs with beats per minute of over 120 beats per minute can lead to dangerous driving habits and accidents while you're listening in the car, which means they they, uh, went through and looked at the most dangerous Christmas songs uh, that people listen to. Most dangerous song, Frosty the Snowman frosty the snowman it's apparently it's the fastest uh christmas song so there's a picture of a little girl riding frosty the snowman to illustrate the theme of of uh listening to frosty while you while you're driving uh number two all i want for christmas is you that ubiquitous song by uh uh, what's her name mariah carey Mariah Carey. number three felice navidad i was surprised at that one i'm not sure if it's the the Jose Feliciano version or the one done by a hundred other people. Um <laughs> I mean really and Santa Claus is coming to town. <clears throat> so also they made they had a warning that if you feel your chestnuts roasting while you're driving, that means you have your seat warmer on too high. There's oh, nothing- we'll one.
2: One. yes. Oh, I'll give you that one. Okay.
1: Yeah. It's pretty good. Yep. Grandma got run over by a reindeer, they said, is only dangerous if grandma is sitting in the back seat right behind you and doesn't (laughs) (laughs)
0: look.
1: Also, they said that driving while distracted can lead to being pulled over by the police Navidad. Uh, And I believe Mm -hmm. I have a photo. I have a photo of the police Navidad right there. Oh, (laughs) hey. That's a photo of a of a snowman dressed up in a police uniform, holding actually he's holding the handcuffs. They, they really did a nice job on that. Yes, um, he did. Yeah, that was no.
2: that's a, that, that's quite a that's quite a uh, quite a rendering there. Yeah.
1: John, do you do you listen to um, Christmas carols in the car while you're driving around? Well, uh, sometimes I
2: do, but uh, you know when I'm in the mall, and uh, I'm in the mall commonly because I, I actually am a mall walker. To, oh, to, that's to, right. Yeah. And uh, and so since uh, well I think the day or two after Thanksgiving I've been hearing the songs and they're okay I mean you gotta, yeah. you gotta take them with a grain of salt I mean I think a lot of times people just say I can't stand that Christmas music you know I want it I don't want it to be over with
1: and yeah yeah I think for well, what it's worth you know it's I don't know I, I, they start too early I, I would uh, that's a good oh, I, I'll there. give you that uh, yeah it they they should start a little later by by today you know today's the twelfth of December. People are tired of hearing the same songs over and over again. Yeah. Um, they, they could start a little later. Um, you know, I, I I listen to them too, but by now, I you know, I'm punching the buttons on the, on the radio, trying to get something <laughs> else. Poking the screen, you know, trying. I I've, I've even listened to polkas while driving.
2: Oh like, yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. If there, believe it or not, there's polka stations in Cleveland.
2: Um, there are. I know yeah. that's a fact.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, and then. This is the worst part. And the lovely Donna complains about this. The day after Christmas, they immediately turn off the Christmas songs and go back to whatever they were programming before. Now, the day after Christmas is a good day to be to, to continue to listen to Christmas songs, in my oh, opinion. Oh, I agree on that. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're still in the Christmas spirit. That's the day when you're returning to the store so you can get something that you really want. So you still want to <laughs> eat. Them. There you go. You want yeah. to be in the Christmas spirit for at least one more day. Sure, uh, sure. Now, this got more more feedback on Facebook uh, than than any other story I've done in quite a while. A woman in England claims she developed a craving for eating baby powder while she was pregnant, and now she consumes a fourteen dollar bottle of baby powder every single day.
0: Oh my god! Oh,
1: your okay. Bottle, yeah, there she is, right there. Hey. <clears throat> To Saturday, it's an eating disorder. And Johnson's, you know, who makes the baby powder, they warned that it's cornstarch baby powder with aloe and vitamin E. Uh, it shouldn't be eaten, but she claimed she had no side effects, and she's been doing it for quite a while now. Oh, you uh, can see powder dribbling off the side of her mouth. what
2: was no, well, yeah, It takes all time. Added benefit
1: when uh, she sneezes and farts at the same time oh man without anybody seeing her the uh she could no no no, let's see okay hang on a second here there we go she has this disease called pica which is um, a mineral deficiency it causes people to eat dirt Um, though she she's at least not eating dirt she's eating um baby powder
0: baby powder
1: She could she could take medication, by the way, but her now her breath is fresh, her teeth are white,
2: oh and my she God. doesn't
1: have a rash on her tongue anymore. So, um, does she have a
2: projection, Paul, as to how long she's going to be doing this? I mean, she's going to be doing this for every day for the next.
1: I don't know, John. She's been doing it for a while. I, I've heard of people eating dirt for for years. <laughs> uh, it's it's not recommended to eating the baby powder, especially if it's cornstarch, but it's not poison. Uh, and, she, and you can see she dumps the whole bottle in a bowl and she spoons it into her mouth oh. with a big spoon. Yeah. And she eats it dry. She eats oh. it dry. Yeah, I know. She hasn't spit in months. You know, it's 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 just, uh, I, I don't know how she can swallow. But um, anyways.
0: Hey, kids, don't try this at home.
1: Kids, uh, right there, there you go. From Coach Karen. <laughs> That's, That's a coaching funny. tip from Coach Karen. Don't try this at home. Okay. Here's something you should try, though. McDonald's. A McDonald's customer in Buckinghamshire, England, bought a large order of fries and a strawberry shake and was stunned when he went to grab one of the the, uh, fries and it looked back at him. It has a (laughs) face on it. Yeah, a face that looks like it's grinning back at him. I've got a photo of it here in a circle conveniently around the French fry with with two eyes and a grin. Uh, Talk about, there was such a shocking story. He went to a McDonald's that actually had a shake machine that worked. That was what shocked me.
2: (laughs) Yeah. That's very funny, Paul. That's very funny. Very good. And
1: true. It's true. It's true. So, so, I mean, but but to me, if you take your time to look at your fries before you're eating them, you've obviously never eaten McDonald's fries because most people are are pulling them out of the box as soon as the the clerk hands them the fries. Right. so he must've been new at McDonald's and he decided to look at his fries and that's when he saw the face kind of looks like a deep fried worm, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which would make it the healthiest thing on the McDonald's menu, deep fried. Yeah, worm.
2: Right <laughs>
1: <laughs> In fact, oh. I think this branch, this, this branch of McDonald's is thinking about offering them, you know, calling it fries with a face.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. No. Oh, I know. Um, uh, you know, it's, you or, or you order a McRib and you get a side of McRibless, uh, which yeah. <laughs> don't have ribs. So oh, anyway, stuff on that. Yeah. Okay. Back to Christmas. So if you haven't done your, sh- John, are you done with all your shopping?
2: No, but I'm, I'm, I'm into it right now. Yeah. I'm doing okay. I'm not done yet, but I'm, I'm doing okay. Actually. I think I'm pretty good. Okay. Uh, well, we've
1: got some tips for you here. Yeah. Uh, just in time for Christmas, the Italian fashion house, uh, Bottega Venata. I'm sure you don't know who that is, but Annette does. Um, they unveiled. <laughs> he does. Yeah, their new product. It's called. Uh, let me put a photo of it here. So while well, I describe it, it's called the raw paper leather top handle bag, uh, and it's a purse that looks identical to a paper grocery bag, but cost nineteen hundred dollars for a small one, which this model is holding here. And no
0: 20- way.
1: Yeah. $2,500 for the medium size. I think, I guess they don't have a large size because people can't afford it.
0: <laughs> well,
2: I, I just think, well, I Paul, it's probably a good example of people with like disposable income, you know, to some of those people, I guess they can do that. Wow. Well, I'll tell
1: you what, John, if you wanted to get one of these for net, I'm getting one for, for the lovely Donna. Here's what I'm going <laughs> to do. I found a black pen and. And, I've, and I already have the bag. I'm just going to make a logo on it with my black pen. Oh,
2: you're going to like kind of fashion one yourself? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'm going to
1: make one myself. Homemade. Okay. Big, Big Dorf Goodman or whatever the heck this, this this company is. My good friend, Gail, down in um, in Tennessee, she sent me a message. She said that uh, I put up this picture. And she said she spent the whole afternoon clicking on it, trying to order it. <laughs> 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 Which I know she doesn't because she spends twenty five hundred dollars a month just on dog food, so she can't afford to buy a, a uh, paper, a, a purse that looks like a paper bag.
2: Wow.
1: Uh, so, so yeah, last week we had the nine hundred dollar towel. Um, now you remember that. Now we've got. The I remember t- that. Yeah. Now we got the twenty five hundred ba- uh, uh dollar paper bag. Who says the economy is bad? People are buying these things, so it must be doing good. As John said, people with a lot of disposable income. Um, uh, you know, and I can just see, I could, you know, if I got one of these, I, I, I'd grab it by, you know, lovely Don, I'd grab it by mistake, I'd take it to the grocery store, I'd get a rotisserie chicken, you know, put it in there, oh man, i come home, it's grease all over the place, i just... Oh boy. It. Yeah, yeah. House, yeah. You'd be the
2: doghouse on that one. <laughs>
1: now, John and Karen, both of you, what would our parents think of something like this?
2: Oh, it, 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 no, it, it, that's not even the realm of possibility i mean you know, uh they would uh they would poo poo that immediately
0: my yeah. mother was a seamstress so she would have looked at this and she would have gone out and gotten material and made it for like two dollars
1: oh there you and go would yeah sell
0: it for two dollars and a penny because she didn't want to cheat anybody
1: yeah yeah well you know i was thinking if if, if I, if I got something like this that I had to give to someone, I, I'd be afraid to tell my father because he might find it. And he and the first thing he would do is cut it up and make a, a book cover out of it. <laughs> there you go. Sure. There you go. So so I had to look up there. Here's a, for those of you who, who can't imagine covering a book with a grocery bag, um, not the plastic ones. This is a paper grocery bag. I have the steps. So here's a picture of the, the person here just cut the bottom off the bag um and now this is just they folded yep. it up very simple to fold slide it over the, the the hard cover on the front the hard cover on the back and the end result looks like that there you go so wh- that was the thing we had to do when we were kids we all you Absolutely. brought your books off, the first thing like you the had song says the paul and Karen yeah. it looks hauntingly familiar
2: <laughs> now the
1: wealthy yeah the, the the wealthy kids um they um you know, they, they, their parents would go to the store, they'd go to like boroughs or someplace like that, or sure. Or, and they would buy book covers, ready made book covers with advertising all over them. But uh, those of us who who grew up on on the other side of town, um, we used our paper bags. Yes, and, we did. Uh, yes, we did. and that's Thank what they you. look like. Yeah. So I thought a little, a little trip down memory lane here for those. <laughs> that's of a good is, point. But, very good. Certain age. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's see. That was the, uh, the paper bag story. <laughs> okay. So now where do you hear this one? This is just the most unbelievable story of the week. I normally don't like doing crime stories. Um, uh, you know, cause no, it, it, it's because it's crime, you know, somebody may have been hurt. Uh, but this one was too good to pass up. So this one comes from Florida, where else? Um, and, And it has to do with the Waffle House. So instead of calling it a crime story, I'm going to call it a Waffle House story. A man in Florida was arrested for alleged theft after he refused to pay $2,500 for getting, get ready for this, a Waffle House logo tattooed on his right calf. Wow. Okay. I'm not making this up. There is a waffle House tattoo right there. Now, now this is not the one he he got and we'll, I'll explain it here. So uh, and wait do wait you see these tattoos? So um, he, he, he refused to pay. he got it on his right calf and he refused to pay the tattoo artist, which caused me to wonder, you know maybe maybe the artist put it on the wrong uh, in the wrong place. the guy maybe he wanted it on his forehead or something. And um, you know he, he didn't he put it on his on his uh, calf. You know, well, the, does he think he's going to get a discount from Waffle House for doing this? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, he yeah. Wouldn't because at Waffle House, no one would even notice because a lot of people get Waffle House logo. Here's another one right here. Look at this one. This was much oh, wow.
2: bigger
1: here. Yeah, that's a nice. Looks one. like the real deal. So, that looks yeah. like the logo. Yeah, so it does. It looks just like the sign. So what what the story said is that the guy was mad because the 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 tattoo only had the, the the words waffle house but they were not done in yellow they were not done in yellow and the guy wanted to charge him another hundred dollars for the ink in order to make it yellow and he didn't want to pay for that uh, so the guy gave him a, you know one of those yellow highlighters that we used to use to mark up <laughs> books <laughs> i just threw it in yeah <laughs> but the guy raised such a ruckus at the at the tattoo parlor that they call the police and he's now he's charged with us uh, the tattoo artist uh, why the, the way I, I the thing i don't understand why on your thigh why would you put it on your thigh the only thing i could come up with is that you know i'm if, if i were to do something like this i'm taking a shower in the morning i'm thinking Wow, where did where's that place I used to go for breakfast? And as I slowly, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a Waffle House. Oh, thanks for reminding me, Thay. <laughs> oh. Wow. Yeah. now wait. Where do you see that? And this is another reason why those of you who are listening needs to take us to uh, check us out on YouTube. I think I have. Here's one that with with the Waffle House logo on uh, on a on a mug. This it says Waffle, Waffle Home. Mug. Waffle home, yeah, but this is the best one. This is the best one right here. Um, here we go. So, so they put a lot of thought into this one. This is a, oh, wow. this is a not just the Waffle House sign. This person had an entire Waffle House uh, restaurant tattooed on it. Uh, apparently, their thigh. Also, a girl who may be his girlfriend, although it says in writing about, a script writing above the Waffle House, white trash. So maybe not. I i don't know if it's his girlfriend or maybe his ex-girlfriend. Uh, that's an eye-catcher,
2: I think, Paul and Karen. That's an yeah. eye-catcher. Leave it at that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that's what it is. It's his ex-girlfriend. Uh, so there you go, John. I will save this photo for you in case you ever want to get a uh, Waffle House. <laughs>
2: I'll keep, it in mind. I'll keep it in mind but, but, but i'm not making any commitment though
1: better yet better yet i'll send it to your wife and she'll get it for you for christmas how about oh, that oh no thanks
2: oh no, thanks uh, I'm bailing on
1: that one sorry Okay, so I think I've read. Yeah, I have. Wow, that that was pretty good. So we've reached the end of the news portion of What in the World, which means it's time for What in the World of Sports with John Danilo. So as I mentioned before at the beginning, oh, I want to do a shout out, by the way, to someone that both John and I know, and that's uh, Mel. Uh, Mel's a good friend of ours from uh, from John. John's known him all of his life. I've known uh, Mel since high school. Uh, a regular listener to the show, also his brother John. If he's listening, I say hello to him as well. Uh, I know they love what in the world of sport, our our fraternity brother, Dan, he loves what in the world of sports, our buddy Brian down in uh, West Virginia, everybody loves what in the world of sports. Why? Because every week I challenge John to come up with a really strange sport that fits in the theme, real sport, sometimes strange, always funny. And John always manages to find one. So where do you see the sport we've got this week? I've got your photos lined up here, John. So take it away with your sport. Oh,
2: sounds good, Paul. Thanks for the intro. So, uh, our sport this week is very, very different. And our sport this week is forklift driving.
1: Forklift driving, competitive yeah. forklift driving. Well, okay. well,
2: and it's it's you know, it's an activity that Amazon, as oh, okay. you know, everyone knows, could not survive without forklift. Sure.
1: Uh,
2: but there is an actual competition. Wow. Germany host what is called the annual stapler cup which is a competitive event that sees hundreds of forklift drivers get, get ready for this from around the world going head to head in a series of difficult challenges for the so you could gain the title of the world's best forklift operator <laughs>
1: now those of you listening that john said stapler cup and that is stapler, S T A P L E R, like the thing that you use to staple pieces of paper together. Why it's called a stapler cup, maybe he'll explain that. I don't know. But well, there you go. There it is, right there. Thank you. Wow. Paul. Okay. Well,
2: yeah, let me let me continue. So sure. now competitive forklift driving does not sound like the most exciting competition event in the world, because that's probably you have never seen stapler cup competition. So it is organized by the German company Lindy Materials and Hmm. is not only recognized as the ultimate test for forklift operators, but also as an entertaining event that, believe it or not, draws tens of thousands of spectators each year. Wow. So the Stapler Cup or Stapler Cup, however you want to pronounce it, was the brainchild of uh, Lindy's marketing director. And he envisioned a competition that would demonstrate the level of art, skill, and even the passion that goes into handling forklifts. And you don't mm. think of that necessarily. <laughs> the passion. You're, the you're, passion a forklift. Move things around. But, uh, but Lindy Materials, top forklift driver, a gentleman by the name of Peter Sofort, he helped him create the first stapler cup or stapler cup obstacle course. Back in 1992. Wow. Now you may want to, you may be curious as to where this takes place. The Bavarian town of Aschaffenburg hosts the Stapler Cup or Stapler Cup every year. Now, up until 2007, the event was only reserved for German forklift masters, Mm. but now it has become a global affair due to its popularity. Well, as a matter of fact, it is televised now. Of today, it is, it is a televised. Event. Now, today, thousands of forklift drivers attempt to qualify for the Stapler Cup in national events. So each country, or not each country, but but the countries that have this competition, they will send a representative of being the best forklift driver or operator. And again, this is to showcase their skills, you know, on the big stage. Now. <laughs> that's that's a very good picture paul this is not just lifting and moving pallets one event requires drivers to use the prong of the forklift to put eyelets of thin wire around a ballpoint pen refill
1: wow that is that, that's that's fine driving right there wow that. That
2: phenomenal now others include stacking crates to like millimeter precision, they actually measure how they're stacking the pallets, and then also uh, transporting vessels of liquid without any spillage, and then moving and maneuvering through incredibly, you know, in difficult courses, I mean, to be yeah. able to, to keep you know, to, wow. you know, to keep the uh, competition going. I mean, uh, a lot of these, as you can see, a lot of these forklift operators, they're going to be uh, having these loads that are, you know, stacked, and it takes a real skill to make sure that they don't dump them. Um, yeah, yeah. And then, and then, what has to be done is, in the as the competition continues, they will park the vehicle, and then they have to sprint up a ramp to slam a big red button to indicate that the run is finished. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, it's uh, you know, it it's is a competitive, yeah. And, and, well, and like some of you they, need some, nice well, big trophies cool.
1: there. Yeah. I wonder if they, they probably get some money.
2: Well, yeah. Now, and you think of this, it's ironic that we are the country in the world with the most warehouses, yet Team USA has never won the Stapler Cup. Wow. I think for American pride, it's time we take home at least one stapler cup trophy and we need to do it before they let robots enter the competition
0: oh Oh, right yeah
1: right yeah the robots are taking over at the amazon warehouses. maybe you know that's that that's a real problem but wow what an interesting sport i the, the the photos for those of you who are listening the photos uh on YouTube are, are quite amazing. The the stacking, there, there was only one where they were stacking pallets. Um, the rest right. of them stacking odd-shaped balls and cups and um, looked like they were racing. And a lot of people in the stand, that's a, in televised, you know, that's a perfect, perfect, you know, it's like a, like, like, like demolition derby or auto racing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I,
2: I, I found the research on this to be amazing. In fact, I couldn't believe it at first. Because yeah. how can you find that exciting? But tens of thousands of people, okay, are watching this competition. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I we well, don't, I guess, but yeah.
1: Yeah, the, the, the Germans, you know, they're, they're into precision, so I can I can. Oh, yeah, that. right,
2: sure,
1: of course. Yeah. Well, great sport. Now, John, you know, John makes it sound like he's never heard of this sport before. Uh, but, but I've known John a long time. And he sometimes forgets some of the things that we did while we were in college, as I mentioned. That is very true. (laughs) That is very true. Believe it or not, while we were in a fraternity, I believe there was a competition that we had entered, the fraternity had entered. And somehow the brothers believed that John and I were the best people to drive forklifts in this competition at our school. So it was John and I, our responsibility was to go find some forklifts. and and practice and then show up to to uh, compete so I found my forklift and I I I got back to school and John's not there in fact here's a photo of me I'm at school I'm looking for John Uh, I'm looking everywhere I'm on the top of my forklift that was one thing I knew how to do I knew how to raise the fork up and down so I'm on the top of the forklift looking for John I finally see him in a parking lot uh, and it was wintertime although this parking lot doesn't look too snowy here it's wintertime so john is in the parking lot he is <laughs> he's driving over obstacles he's doing donuts in the snow john is john's a master at driving in in the snow so that's what he was doing uh, oh my gosh yeah look at that guy he was uh doing stunts in his forklift so uh, needless to say we were late for the competition and I think we got paddled after that, didn't we, John?
2: Oh, I, th- I think we had to pay the price, Paul. I think we did. Now, now that you mention that, yeah, yeah. You my know, memory. You, two, you two me were back. so
0: crazy. How did you got get Annette and Donna to marry you two? Oh, but <laughs> another oh, friend of that.
1: ours. That's pretty funny because uh, John and I had dinner uh, the, this past week with two other older brothers of ours, <laughs> and 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 all of the wives say the same thing. How, do, how did you guys survive all this, all this stuff? Uh, I, I, we may have elaborated some of the stories a bit, <laughs> exaggerated a little bit, but uh, who knows? You know, today, today, I, I don't even want to think about it. Uh, anyways, okay. I think we've reached the end of uh, uh, What in the World of Sports? Thank you, John, again for that great- uh, oh, You're welcome. Great sport. And that means it's time for- bluff the co-host everybody's favorite weird news game oh and then one more shout out this is the last show of the year so i want to do a shout out to our friend paul up in uh, wow geez i can't remember in new hampshire or connecticut uh paul the puppeteer I, that's how what, what i call him so um he's uh he's he loves bluff the co-host that's his favorite part of the show so i know he's listening in he normally listens in live so bluff the co is very simple i have three news stories Uh, similar to the ones that I've been, we've been talking about all afternoon. One big difference. Those stories were all real. In Bluff the Co-host, they may be real. They may be a bluff. And it's up to Karen, John, and those of you playing at home to decide real or bluff. Kind of like John picking out the paintings. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Monkey or not monkey. So uh, uh, wagering is allowed. Place your bets. John and Karen, put your hands on the buzzer and let's get right to story number one. It's hard to celebrate Christmas in Florida without any snow, but one family there didn't let weather stop them from putting up a Santa in a gift-filled sleigh pulled by eight life-size reindeer in their front yard. Unfortunately, something else stopped them from celebrating Christmas as they heard such a clatter on the lawn that they ran to the window and peeked out just in time to see a large black bear killing all of their reindeer and dragging them into the nearby woods. They caught the whole thing on their security camera in case the insurance agent didn't believe them, and they found some of the mangled deer strewn all around the neighborhood. Luckily, the bear spared Santa, uh, which means that he may still get that year's supply of Charmin bathroom tissue he asked for. (laughs) Okay, so the family that put up eight life-size reindeer and a sleigh in their front yard in Florida only to see a bear come out of the woods and kill all the reindeer and drag them off real or bluff what do you say Karen
0: well you know I think it was a week or so ago you taught give us another story in Florida where there was a bear
1: oh that's right I and think typically so yeah. you
0: wouldn't think of bears in Florida right. but I'm gonna say it's true
1: okay based on based on ogen oh, karen remembers those stories remembers those fine fine points from yeah. the show there you go okay so karen says it's a real story john how about you real or monkey uh, i've uh,
2: lost <laughs> <laughs> monkey in the brain uh no i'm gonna agree with karen on this and i'm gonna say it's a real story
1: also oh okay all I, right I
2: definitely, no. I definitely understand that happening yes
1: okay all right. John and Karen both say that's a real story. Let's check with the judges. The judges say, Congratulations to both of you. That is a real story. All right. Know, we're doing
2: good. Yeah. I don't and,
1: know where bears hide in Florida, but I didn't know that they were there. Bears are there, Panthers. So be careful down there. Iguana yeah. monkeys, I think yet, be careful in the great state of Florida. Absolutely. There you go. That's right. Okay. So uh, uh, let's see. Scores one to one. Uh, let's get right to story number two. I may, it, oh, it may sound like a duck and have webbed feet like a duck, but the animal that has been driving people daffy at a nature park in India is not a duck at all, but a newly discovered species of frog that has evolved from croaking to quacking all night long. Amphibian experts say the frog has a large um, uh, face and an unusual, oh, a large body, I'm sorry, I I left out a letter there, (laughs) has a large body and an unusual round snout, which may be why it quacks, but they're not big enough to swallow a duckling, so it didn't learn this trick to be a duck hunter. However, duck hunters in India may become frog hunters if this new species keeps ruining their calls and scaring away the real ducks. If frogs knew how annoyed the hunters are, they they would surely be quacking up. Okay, uh, so the the unusual frog discovered in India that quacks instead of croaking. What do you say, John? Real or bluff? Oh,
2: I'm going to say it's real.
1: Uh, I mean, I can see that uh, India
2: is such a large country, and I think that um, there's so many species of animals there. I mean, just by just by rationale I mean so I could and and they're discovering different
1: species
2: uh so I'm going to say it's a real story I think it's true
1: ah okay so 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 even though they've never heard a croaking before so maybe we should be looking for Bigfoot in India if a, if a croaking <laughs>
2: well I mean I think I I the search for Bigfoot remains uh everywhere <laughs>
1: Okay, uh, maybe maybe the, the, the quacking frog knows where it is. All right, so John says that's a real story. Karen, how about you?
0: Yeah, I don't think so, because you said it evolved based on its croaking.
1: Yeah, based on its body it, and its, its head.
0: It just doesn't seem to make sense. I'm going to say this is a bluff.
1: Oh, okay. So, so Karen says it's a bluff. John says it's real. We'll check with the judges. The judges say, congratulations, John. That is a true story. Wow. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. The quacking frog of uh, India coming soon to a bookstore near you.
0: Interesting.
1: <laughs> okay. So John's ahead two to one, but everybody who's played this game before knows that points are doubled in round number three. So Karen could come back. Karen won last week after John had a winning streak going. So nope. you know things t- turn on a dime. I bluff the codes. Let's get right to story number three. Everyone loves a roaring fire in the fireplace during the holidays, but not everyone has a fireplace. So cable TV providers annually set aside a channel just for a round-the-clock video of a roaring fire. In Philadelphia, one company decided to localize theirs by replacing the fireplace with an old rusty barrel filled with scrap wood that blazes away while Christmas music plays in the background. While doo-wop Christmas music might be more appropriate, the fire barrel is from an actual Philadelphia alleyway where guys like to gather to stay warm, drink cheap booze, and complain about the Eagles. The fire barrel Christmas barrel is so popular other cities are already looking into it, although the mayor of Los Angeles has already said he will only allow a fake fire barrel. Okay, so the... The cable TV station in Philadelphia, instead of using a fireplace, they have a fire barrel in an alleyway in Philadelphia with Christmas Carol. Real or bluff? Karen, how about you?
0: Well, I certainly hope it's a bluff because it just doesn't sound very appealing. So I'm going to say bluff.
1: Have you been to Philadelphia, Karen?
0: I lived there for four
1: years. Oh, so you would relate to this. So, yeah. so, okay, so, wow, the voice of experience here. Karen says it's a bluff. John, how about you? Well, I'm
2: going to go counter on this one to Karen because uh, the first thought that came to my mind was those scenes from the movie Rocky where those guys are outside yeah. that are singing. Uh, it's in the wintertime, right? And it's a fire barrel. And uh, I know that I know which channel on my TV system has the uh has the fireplace so taking it a step further fire barrel instead of fireplace i'm going to say it's real
1: wow okay so john says it's real based on the the scene in rocky wow that's a that's a good correlation there karen says it's a bluff because she lived in philadelphia let's check with the judges the judges say congratulations john that is a real story sorry no bluffing this week all three real stories karen sorry about that wow
0: not, Steve, who wants to look at a barrel?
1: I know. Well, I agree, it.
0: Karen. On that
2: point, I mean, it's not very, it's not very Christmas-like. I mean, it's more of a, you know, industrial type thing, right? It's yeah. Some, yeah. Right. But I, uh, I
1: hate to sound, but uh, I sound my age. It would have been better if there were a bunch of bums dressed like Santa standing around. Singing. Yeah. it would be. Then it, would, you know, be more, then it so, would look more philadelphian
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah drinking flask of whiskey or wine or whatever oh, no brandy <laughs> or, or, or eggnog yeah oh yeah make it for the season make it
1: eggnog <laughs> there you go there you go all right okay uh, well that's the end of bluff the co-host for 2023 and that means it's also the end of uh what in the world for 2023 let me tell you i uh, for me, it has been a, a, a thrill and, a, and an honor to, to do this podcast as much as we have. Um, it was a whole lot of fun this year. This was a great fun year. I don't know why. Maybe it was the weird stories. I'm going to guess it's the, the great people that I get to work with, and that is Karen Hale, the media mogul at newcleanradio.net, our co-host, also our sponsor through uh, uh, Coaching Ike I can coach. I can. Yes, coach. I can. <laughs> yes, I can. Yes, I can. Remember that it's yes, I can. <laughs> so thank you, Karen, for everything you do for us, and for all the great podcasters uh, at at uh, Everybody, check it out and um, um, you know listen to all the great podcasts that Karen has. And then, as always, I want to wish a uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and a big thank you to my buddy John uh, with uh, the the sports and the color commentary. Uh, filling in the blanks when my mind goes you know wherever wandering off wherever it goes (laughs) thanks Paul and uh,
2: hey I I, likewise uh, it's been a great year I think uh, we're a great team and uh, I think we've got a great audience and we want to make the audience hopefully greater next year looking forward to more of an audience in 2024
1: That's right. The biggest thanks, as always, is to our listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in, listening to us on on Spotify or Apple or or especially YouTube. You know, I mentioned YouTube a number of times today. Uh, If you do visit us on YouTube, make sure you you follow us uh, because that's how we find out uh, how many people we have watching and listening. So on that note, I think uh, that we're going to wrap it up for 2023. Karen, take it away. We will
0: be back in uh, January of 2024. And for the next couple of weeks, all you have to do is, you know, go listen to the past shows. And uh, oh. boy, we're going to be starting season seven with you.
1: Do you realize? Wow, it? there you go. And yeah. we've have, we have some people who have listened the entire time. And I'm I'm referring to a couple of our friends down in Texas. So I want to say hi to them and wish them a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year as well. And, and on that note, I think we should... Uh, Say bye bye for Have a great
0: day, everybody. Bye bye,
1: everybody. See you in 2024.
0: Absolutely.